It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. It is time to go to the phone line, and we're doing things a little bit different this morning, and our thoughts and prayers go out to his wife and hope all is well with her. And here's Dr. History. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Zab. Doing good. How are you doing? Good. We're going to have to ask you to speak up uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think you're on your cell phone, and uh, please speak up as much as you can. I appreciate it. Okay, can you hear me okay now? Um, yes, somewhat. Go ahead. Okay, I'll try to talk loud. So today, uh, well, first of all, I want to say hi to Austin, who has suggested that I do a show on music in the Old West. So um, I'm going to look into that and see about doing a show on music in the Old West. Okay. So, um, this month, since 1987, March has been what they call Women's History Month. And it's dedicated to uh, take a look at uh, sometimes often overlooked uh, contributions of women to United States history. So, today, I'm going to tell you about a lesser-known woman that I'm going to bet very few people have heard about. She's a Native American woman, and we're going to go up to northern Idaho to Coeur d'Alene. And we're going to start about, oh, about the year 1825. Okay. okay. Now, are you hearing me okay, Zeb? Yeah, we're not going to be able to converse back and forth because of feedback problems that I have on the line, and I'm just going to turn it over to you. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. So I'm going to tell you the story about of a woman... They call the Angel of the Coeur d'Alene's. So I want you to picture this. There were war cries echoed throughout the hills, uh, warning of the approach of an enemy tribe. The peaceful Coeur d'Alene encampment was suddenly under attack by avenging warriors from the Spokane tribe. Now, the Spokane charged the Coeur d'Alene's. They encircled them with a lot more numbers and they were prepared for battle. Now, seeing her tribe outnumbered and realizing her people had no chance to survive this surprise attack, Louise ran to her teepee and grabbed a large wooden cross that she kept there. Holding the cross above her head, this pious woman marched through the encampment, 
begging her people to follow her. The parade of chanting Cordelines led by Louise marched straight at their enemies. Now, the Spokane warriors could not believe what they were seeing. The sight of this woman bearing a cross, I mean, they were just dumbfounded. But it filled them with fear and amazement. And the men actually laid down their weapons. They retreated quickly, and they vowed never again to challenge the Coeur d'Alene. Now, legend has it at this, uh, that this pious 19th century Joan of Arc actually saved her tribe from certain death with her bravery and her unwavering Christian faith uh, on more than one occasion. Now, later, a Nez Perce war chief sent an envoy by canoe across Lake Coeur d'Alene to challenge her tribe into battle. Well, the people turned to Louise. And she was a respected tribal leader uh, for their response. She sent word back to the Nez Perce chief that her people were Christians, not warriors. And if the Nez Perce stayed on their side of the lake, the Coeur d'Alene would not fight them. But if they approached, they would all be killed. Well, the Nez Perce chief took his war party and left. So evidently this woman had a lot of uh, persuasion and influence. Now, although there's no way to verify these legends have been passed along through the years, uh, stories state that Cordelaine Chief respected Louise, and her Indian name was Suhing, Louise Suhing. But they respected her for her wisdom and her bravery, and they sought her counsel after that. And Louise's intervention prevented a lot of bloodshed between the Cordelaines and neighboring tribes. Louise held a position of great respect as the sister of the head chief, whose name was Stila. And he was kind of an iron-willed ruler, uh, and a lot of the early priests found it difficult to work with him. So Louise often acted as an intermediary on her brother's behalf, which may have been the root of some of these stories. So Louise was born in 1800. She was the daughter of a chief of the Coeur d'Alene's, they called themselves, the Coeur d'Alene's, the Shitsu-Umsh. But early French fur trappers found the people to be shrewd traders. They were sharp, uh, hard-hearted like needles. And so they called the tribe Coeur d'Alene, which meant, quote, part of the needle or all. So the chief's daughter was given the name Suhim, which translates to tranquil waters in the language of her people. So Louise Suwing was married when she was a teenager to a member of the Spokane tribe, a man by the name of Polotkin. Now, the couple raised three sons. When her husband became crippled, Louise took on the role of provider for the family as well as nursing uh, her invalid husband. Now, Louise Suwing's grandfather was the great, great chief, Circling Raven, and he had dreamed of a visit by two black-robed angels who descended from heaven to teach his people of a great spirit. Well, this vision was passed on by Chief Circling Raven to his children and grandchildren. In April of 1842, Jesuit priest Father Pierre Jean de Smet, and we've heard of him before, he was considered the St. Paul of the West. 
Well, he arrived among the Coeur d'Alene tribe, and Father DeSmet was uh, the superior of the Rocky Mountain missions when he met three Coeur d'Alene families who had traveled east on a buffalo hunt. Now, the families had their children baptized by the priest and urged him to visit their tribe. So Father DeSmet was welcomed by the Coeur d'Alene's, but none received him so well and joyously as Louise Suhim and her husband, who saw him as the fulfillment of her grandfather's prophecy. Now, Father Smith described his initial impression of Louise Suhim. Here's what he said. Before her baptism, even, she was remarkable for her rare modesty and reserve, great gentleness and solid judgment, her words were everywhere listened to with admiration and pleasure, and her company sought in all families. Now, Louise Duhim and Palatkin, her husband, were among the first of their people to be baptized. At his baptism, her husband, Palatkin, took the name Adolf, and Suhim took the name Louise, which meant, quote, defender of the people. Well, the priest sanctified the union of Adolf and Louise in the eyes of the church by performing an official marriage ceremony. And uh, Father DeSmith described her this way. He said she was enlightened by a special grace. And Father DeSmith uh, said uh, Louise used her influence to induce many Indian families to follow her to the banks of Coeur d'Alene to hear the priest preach the law of God. After her baptism, Louise renounced all material wealth and pledged devotion to the priest. And here's what she said, quote, I will follow the black gowns to the end of the world. I wish to profit by their presence and their instructions to learn to know the great spirit well, to serve him faithfully and to love him with all my heart. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Zepp, are you uh, trying to say something? I, I think I hear you. No, absolutely. I, I'm infatuated with your story this morning. And, Sean, there's a little feedback here, if you could help us, uh, about this wonderful woman. And how, how did they base a lot of this historical story? I mean, where did they find out all the facts about this story? You know, I tried to find more information. And this woman, in my opinion, has kind of been lost the history. And so I have a book that is uh, entitled Wise Women from Pocahontas to Sarah Winnemucca, and it says Remarkable Stories of Native American Trailblazers. And we've talked about Pocahontas and Sacagawea and many of the others, but this is one that I'm going to bet has been somewhat lost uh, in history. And so that's why I'm kind of excited to tell her story. Mm -hmm. So I'll continue. In 1843, the Jesuits built a mission on the banks of the St. Joe River near the southern end of Lake Coeur d'Alene. Now, during construction of St. Joseph Mission, 
Louise moved her family onto the grounds to be near the missionaries and what she called the Lodge of the Lord. Now, Father Point became the mission superior. He was succeeded by Father Josette in 1845. Now, the Coeur d'Alene mission was Father Joseph Josette's favorite mission, and even after being appointed superior of the missions of the northern of the Northwest, Father Josette re, uh, chose to remain with the Coeur d'Alene people, making his headquarters on their land. Now, while still caring for the needs of her invalid husband and children, this frail woman, who was often actually in delicate health herself, spent all available time receiving instruction from the priest and sharing her knowledge and enthusiasm with other members of her tribe. Now, the priest struggled with the Coeur d'Alene language. Father DeSmith had a hard time comprehending and speaking, even after uh, years of working with them. So Louise offered the missionaries uh, help in translating and teaching her people, and she was given the position of head teacher of the catechism and devoted herself to religious instruction. So she became known as a great teacher. Now, in addition to teaching, Louise took the position of defender of her religion. She was often at odds with the medicine men, as you can imagine, of her tribe. They feared the loss of their own power, and they tried to disrupt the work of the missionaries. And frequently putting her own safety in jeopardy, Louise tirelessly worked to oppose the powerful medicine men. Uh, She actually intruded upon them, entering into their lodges uninvited in order to lecture them. Now, that took a lot of courage. You just didn't walk in to the medicine men lodges. Now, one of the leaders of the medicine men was a man by the name of Metatkin. He was a relative of Louise, and he resisted staunchly Louise's teaching. Well, Louise persevered, however, until she finally led Metatkin and his wife and children directly to the priest to receive the sacrament of regeneration. Metatkin took the Christian name of Isidore and became one of the most zealous members of the church. And he was actually responsible for converting a lot of the followers to Christianity. Now, Louise uh, office, uh, also sought to ensure that once converted, her tribesmen did not revert back to their old practices like gambling. One of the chiefs had been baptized. He became consumed by an addiction to gambling after his conversion. So when Louise found out about it, she walked for two days to find the chief and return him back to his tribal duties. And uh, it was contrary, though, you know, uh, to for an Indian man to publicly accept criticism from a woman. That this guy renounced his habit, he repented, and uh, changed his ways. So this gentlewoman harbored a special love for the children of the tribe, especially young girls. Father DeSmet wrote of her among the children. Here's what he said. By her motherly vigilance over the behavior of her children, by the simple and persuasive gentleness with which she treated them on all occasions, Louise had inspired them with the most profound respect and entire confidence that a single word from her lips of their good mother was an absolute order, a law for them, which they accomplished with eagerness and joy. Now, it was not uncommon for Louise to take in children uh, who uh, nobody else wanted. She took in a couple of kids that were had disabilities. One was blind, uh, un, uh, unruly, disruptive, and unfortunately the two children that she adopted died early in age. 
Now, Louise's lodge became a shelter for young girls in need of counsel. She eagerly took them under her wing, offering guidance and instruction. And in recognition of her endless work with children, she became known among her tribesmen as, quote, the good grandmother. Now, this good Samaritan was also an accomplished healer. There was a father, Gazzoli, who uh, said that he never arrived to administer to a sick or injured person that Louise was not already there ahead of him. She devoted herself to nursing the sick and the dying, no matter what time of day or night that she was called. She just was an amazing woman, mm. uh, totally dedicated. Now, although Father, uh, Father DeSmith had intended for the St. Joseph Mission to be a permanent settlement, the yearly spring flooding on the St. Joe River caused problems with the mission's crops, so Father Josette decided to build another mission, which was started in 1848 on the banks of the Coeur d'Alene River, about 12, 12 miles east of the lake, uh, about 12 miles east of the now city of Coeur d'Alene. Now, the m new mission was designed by a, a guy by the name of Father Rivali, who had visions of a really a nice, elegant church and a grand mission, and using crude tools and makeshift supplies, the Jesuits and the Coeur d'Alene people set out to build this magnificent mission. A labor that was actually to take them five years. Now, Louisa's leadership again provided invaluable to the priests when she convinced the tribal members to devote their labor to the construction of this new mission. Now, a building of lodges uh, was not seen as traditional work for the Indian men. They figured that was women's work. Well, Louise offered high praise to those who labored on the project and criticized those who refused to work. Well, this ended up with more than 300 of the tribal members participating in building the, constru uh, the construction. Now, this natural leader showed a lot of managerial skills in organizing the labor of her people. Women and children were placed on teams and assigned duties like cutting straw, mixing mortar, carrying water, and weaving grass mats. Uh, now, amazing Zeb, this was all built without nails. The church had a framework formed from giant timbers connected by willow bars and woven grass and plastered with adobe, which formed walls a foot thick. Mm. Now, the facade was later sided with wooden planks, um, uh, but through the devotion and labor of Louise and her Coeur people, the mission of the Sacred Heart was finished in 1853, and it still stands near Cataldo, Idaho. Now, in 1853, Louise became bedridden by illness, said to be actually tuberculosis, and that summer she called upon Father Ghazali to administer her last rites. On her deathbed, she asked her husband Adolf not to return to the home of his people where there were no priests, but she wanted her children to live spiritually rich lives and for those around her to join in one last hymn. And before the song was finished, Louise passed away. Oh, my. And uh, Father Dismit uh, in his writings wrote, quote, the cry was taken up and echoed in the valley and the foot of the high mountains, which encircle the residence of the sacred heart. Mm. Now, Louise was buried uh, she, in a plain coffin built by her youngest son and placed in a grave by her children uh, with a prayer and a personal farewell. Each person in attendance at her funeral threw a handful of dirt onto the coffin. Her service was performed by this father, Gazzoli, 
who believes Suheem Louise to be, quote, the spiritual directress, the guardian angel of her whole tribe. And on August 15th of each year, the Coeur d'Alene tribe members make a pilgrimage to the old mission in memory of the good grandmother and the coming of the black robes. Now, today, today, really, no one knows exactly where on the mission grounds her grave lies, but in 1985, Louise's great-granddaughter, Blanche Lassart, and Father Tom Connolly had a monument placed at the old mission to honor Louise. Now, the Sacred Heart Mission, now called the Catalgo Mission, or Old Mission, is actually the oldest standing building in Idaho. And in 1975, the mission became an Idaho State Park, officially titled Old Mission State Park, and it's the lasting monument to Louise, Suheem, and her people. And Zeb, I've been up there. I have a daughter that lives in Coeur d'Alene, and uh, we've made the drive out there to the uh, Cataldo Mission. And I would strongly encourage anybody that's up that direction to take the little uh, drive out there east of uh, Coeur d'Alene, and visit the mission. There's a uh, museum and the church and some beautiful grounds. Absolutely. Well, Doctor, we are basically out of time for this morning, and we have a caller, but it's much too late in the half hour to get the caller on. I apologize for that. But real quick, you did have a caller that said something about having a segment on music. Uh, I'm uh, wondering, are you going to do it on the various uh, instruments? Are you going to do it on the actual songs that were written? What are you going to do quickly? I've got 30 seconds left. You know, I'm not sure what I will do. I'll have to look up some information on that. But since this month is Women's History Month, I'm thinking of trying to do the next two weeks on more of the lesser-known Native American women that are probably somewhat forgotten in our history of the Old West. I'll look forward to it, as always. And uh, the best to you and your wife. I hope everything is well. And we'll look forward to having you back in the studio this next week. You have a good day, Zeb. Thank you. All right. Dr. History, right here on Zeb at the Ranch. Thank you very, very much. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.